Hello, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And this is episode 122 of Two Teachers Talking, and this is a special episode. Usually we do one podcast a month because we're just truly lazy guys, but given that we're in the midst of some very strange times and very strange times for teachers in terms of coping with sudden notices and changing requirements and suggestions and everything is up in the air and a lot of teachers are being told that we're supposed to be teaching online or remote teaching or whatever people want to call it. A lot of people are referring it to now as emergency online teaching because we're dealing with that kind of situation. Tony and I thought we would explain or describe some of the things we've done wrong with email, which is probably going to be one of the major tools people will be using to keep in touch with people they work with and with their students. So today our goal is to give you some hands-on, real useful, practical knowledge about how to use email in a you know, kind of a best practices way and not make the mistakes that Tony and I have made in the past. Anything you want to add to that, Tony, before we? No, not, not really. I mean, that's basically, that's to share what we've learned um, as we stumble along again. Um, Charles and I, as you, if you're a listener, you know, I mean, we, we talked a lot about um, student email in the past, um, but um, we also um, are suddenly going to be getting a lot more student email. And, well, you know, any student submit work submission is going to be email. And, um, well, we've done it before. We're kind of used to it. We're still having to adjust, but um, having been doing it for so long, we kind of know where the dangers are and where the the you know, the the caution points and things. And you know, we've screwed up um, all kinds of ways. And hopefully, we can like share some of that with the people and kind of prevent save some of you guys from um, from screwing up the way we did. Uh, yeah, so. Here we go. And so before we start, Tony, one thing I want to just add to people is a lot of people are having to learn new systems, learning management systems or Google mm, yep. Classroom or <laughs> Office 365 yep. or uh-huh. Moodle. And my guess is that about three weeks into, every, into this, this online semester with bandwidth being used up and students' data caps being affected and everything else, that people are going to go back to what they know best. They're going to reduce everything down to the systems they know. And email is just going to be one of those systems, though, that from the beginning is going to be in use. So, Tony. Right, so um, rather than rather than go back to what you know, you kind of, from the very beginning, start off with what you know and keep it, this is going to be the theme, right? As simple as possible. Just keep right. it as simple as possible. And our goal here is to help you become more efficient with a tool you're already familiar with, and that's going to bring some of your stress down and will allow you to focus on other things that you need to learn. So, email. Um, Tony, we've talked before about how students are incredibly creative (laughs) messing up our perfect systems. And I'm going to start with the fact that these students are not fami- most students are not familiar with email they use their phones for communication and messaging so one of the things you have to do is you have to teach them email you have to give them a template for a message what do you have in your template when you give them a, a template what information do they need to include at all times for every message 
Well, um, I have different templates for different classes, and those are probably all going to be up for some revision this year, which I have not done. Um, And I think um, for everybody, that's going to differ considerably depending on a whole slew of factors. But um, the 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 core idea there of of having for whatever class it is whatever university it is whatever um a specific subject it is or however you know, everyone's teaching situation is different um and you may have different templates for different for different purposes right um so for example uh if you've got a 40 student discussion class versus a you know you know, you have you have five student classes with eight students in each. Your approach is going to be very different, and your your template is gonna is gonna vary. But the point remains is that you need for whatever your situation is, whatever class that is, and you you need to decide yourself whether you need one five different templates or you can make do with just one for all the others. Um. And you're a lot more meticulous this, uh, with this than than I am. That's a polite the, way um, of saying it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because yeah, it's like yeah, the, the 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 details of the email are really important. But I tried not to make the point point of the assignment the content rather than the form. But uh, big but um, right now, uh, when all of us are going to be forced to have all assignments submitted by email, presumably unless you're already like a, a Moodle guru and you've been doing this on your own already for years. Um, you have to have uh, a very clear, very restrictive format in, in this template so that when the email comes to you, you can is it's possible for you to in some way automate what's coming in and that becomes the the, the greater your volume the more important that becomes the more the more universities that you teach at the more classes you have the larger your classes are the more important it becomes and um what you want for sure basically um you want the students to send the email to a dedicated address, a dedicated email address. How dedicated? Well, I don't know. It depends on you. How many? Again, how many universities do you teach at? How many classes do you have? How many students coming in? Is it enough to say just John's University? Or do you need, you know, J-U-W-3? <laughs> so John's University, Wednesday, third period. Um, which which I do, I need I need that specificity because I I teach that many students. Um, so first, it's got to go to the correct address. The other challenge, the really big challenge, is getting the information into the subject field. And Charles, I know that you have very very rigid requirements for what goes into that subject field. I am maybe. Halfway up that scale, um, but maybe 
maybe let you go with what you require students to put in the subject field all by itself, right? So you've got already going to a dedicated address, which we'll discuss, I think. Hopefully we have time for that. Um, But in the subject field itself, because this is critical, I think, and I know that you've got very, very specific ideas and requirements for students for what goes into that subject field. I don't know if I like the adjectives today. Particular and rigid. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Yeah, just toss those toss those little insults out if you can. But well, I think the the listeners are gonna true. find out what I'm talking about in a couple of seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> Anything's fine. Do whatever you want, students. Okay. Let me start by saying I have a particular way of reassigning students numbers. And I have to preface this. So Tony, I'm gonna go off a little go, bit to the go, side go, go. here. I'll take a break. Schools have privacy issues. We're at um, my school. We're not allowed to use external uh, ser- uh, mail servers. Student information has to remain within the school system. Student IDs, etc. So what I've done is I've created a system where instead of like Monday one, Monday two, Monday three. My first class of the week is my A class. The second class of the week is my B class. The third class of my week is a C class. And so I immediately assign a letter to each of my classes in terms of you know the order in the week. What I then do is, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this online, but it's going to be incredibly uh, problematic in the beginning, is that the student who is number has is number one in the roster for that class. That student becomes, for example, if it's my first class of the week, becomes A01. And by the way, if you enter any kind of numbers or student numbers like this into a spreadsheet, make sure you use 01 all the way to 09 because of the way that spreadsheets will sort by student number. If it starts with this, um, it can be really crazy. For example, one will be followed by 11, 12, 13, 14, then 2, 21, 22, 23. But if it's 0, 1, 0, 2, 0, 3, 0, 4, it maintains the order. So first student in my roster for my first class of the week becomes A01, the student who's A02. So what happens? Subject line becomes A01. Okay, I immediately know what class it is. I know what student is. A01 underscore, or as Japanese people would say, underbar. And then they have to say homework. It's the, I explain to them, spell out homework, lowercase, H-O-M-E-W-R-K, for example, or quiz score or uh, short reply. So it describes the kind of assignment. So I have their assigned student number, A01 underscore, followed by the kind of assignment, okay, underscore, followed by a week. So it would then be A01 underscore type of assignment underscore W1, which would mean week one. Just from that subject line alone, I know exactly everything I need to know from the students. But the big key is that the subject line and how they name any file attachment becomes the same as well. And that really simplifies things. So 
if I have to ever sort for that, I can just look for anything that includes A and the week I'm looking for, or the I can sort by assignments, I can sort by weeks, or I can sort just by the classes using A. That's how I do it, Tony. What about you? Yeah, much much less. Sorry, rigid. Um, <laughs> much way more flexible. Um, my my requirements are very very simple. Um, in the subject line, um, it need to have the um, student's name in Romaji. Um, preferably the last name first. Not I'm not a hard ass about that, but if I just look at, it, I can be able to identify who it is. Um, also, a student number, which helps when they screw up the first part, if they submit it in kanji or leave their name off. Um, and they're used to thinking that way. They're used to thinking in terms of like their student number. So their name in Romaji, student number, and then some kind of hint as to what this submission is, whether it's the, the unit title or whether it's the date or something else. But the fact that they are sending the email to, and, and this, is, you know, this is like chicken and egg kind of thing, they're sending the, the email, this goes to the address, to a email address that is specific to their class. So I don't need to know what class they're in because I already know that. It's already there. It's already gone into the, that specific mailbox. It's gone to this one mailbox that is dedicated to this one class. I know what class they're in. I know what university they're in. All I need is their name and maybe what assignment it's for, but it doesn't matter because the email comes in and it's a given date and it's most of them, you know, 95% of them, they're going to be for this week's assignment. There's going to be five, there's some late, there's going to be some, maybe a question, they sent it to the wrong email address, whatever it is. But for most of it, as long as I can look at that email and say, okay, it's in the right mailbox. And that's the student's name. And if there's a question about the name, that there's a student. If there's, you know, it's like they just put Yamashita, and there's like three Yamashitas in the class. Well, I've got I've got the student number, and that's it. That's all I need. I understand that, and the reason I went to this system is because a student says, "Did you get my email?" And I just have well, to they ask always very, ask that, <laughs> right? Go, but yeah, this sure. Op- what? <laughs> Maybe. And I should point out that the 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 app I'm using, the mail app I use. Has really powerful search features, so it's really easy for me uh, to find things. And I can search again by week. I can search by assignment. I can search by their assigned student number. So that's why I'm I'm a bit rigid about it. Sure, um, but Tony, no, no. when um, you're absolutely right, yeah, it's just because what happens is the student says, "Did you get my email?" It's like you know, I've gotten emails like this. Did you get my email? It's like, okay, what email do you talk about? But if I know if the student's been trained to say A01, right, I can then just say, boom, here's what I have. Now, Tony, though, let's go talk about the separate email addresses, right? In other words, you create an email, a specific email address for each class. And are you doing yes. this in Gmail? Um, I am doing it with Gmail. Okay. So you can create, for example, a Gmail account that I can say, like, for example, Charles Wiz Oral English, right? M3 or something. You could do a number of ways. But, Tony, let's talk about the magical plus trick. You want to go through that? The flow? Okay. This is okay. This is the flow. So I've mentioned, we said we get back to it. We did. Good. Um, <clears throat> each class 
gets a gets one. They get two email addresses. It's like one. This is this this email is for submitting your work. This email is when you want to talk to me. Um, and I want to add that's a really important point. Make sure that those addresses are separate. Yeah, right. Communication one and the submission one. Yeah, hey, teacher, I'm dying. And it just goes into the homework thing, and you look at it on the weekend. It's like, well, okay. Right, because you're you're going to be checking boxes at different times and during the week. Right, it's very, very different things, right? Yeah. So personal, yeah, personal email, a personal, you know, student-teacher email. Uh, with a with a with a specific message versus work assignment, and each class has its own dedicated email address. And Gmail um, makes it a little bit easier, though. And again, this is an option. Um, you can create, you know, the Gmail accounts. They're free, and make uh, and a separate email account. And you can label it however you want. Think a little bit about your students. Um, don't make it too long. Don't shift between letters and numbers because that's kind of troublesome, especially if you're on a phone. You got to go different keyboard. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, stick with maybe just, just numbers or just letters with some punctuation. So they allow periods, for example. Um, I break my own. I own rule with this. The next thing that I'm going to say, so I have like um, <clears throat> it's like it's it's the equivalent of Tony homework. It's shorter than that. <clears throat> but then there's the so Tony homework at, at gmail dot com. Okay, fine. But the magic that Charles was talking about, and that would this will solve uh, the the problem or save you the hassle of creating a separate email account for each of your classes, which for, you know, we teach 15, some people, 20 classes a week, um, onerous to create 20 different email accounts. You can have, for example, you know, whatever your name is, you know, Teacher Joe, Teacher Mary. Uh, And then for each specific class, you can create an alias. And in Gmail, you can create an alias by, at the end of that that email account, so you've got, you know, teachermary at gmail.com, teachermary plus, and then whatever identifier you want to have for that specific class. So like Charles, you said like A01 or whatever it might be. It would be um, Char- Ch- Chazwiz plus A, for example. Plus A. Okay. So That's yeah, so I just need. A is fine. Um, but for for what I do is I like Tony homework. That's abbreviated. That's not what it is. The Tony homework plus, and then I just have whatever their specific class is. And it's like Monday first period is M one. Wednesday third period is W three. So Tony homework plus W three at gmail dot com. Easy for them to remember. Easy for them for type in. Except the plus is a. a um, travel to the end and the number to the to the other keyboard <clears throat> so that makes it a little bit difficult for them but um the, the first part you know try to make, minimize the switching back and forth um and so then when the student sends the email to you it's 
they don't need to put anything extra into the subject field because it's already in the address. It's going to their specific thing when it comes to you. You'll see it. It's Tony Homework plus W3. So I know that this student, even if they haven't identified themselves in the subject line, um, is in that particular class in the third period on Wednesday. I can just see that from the email address. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) Well, okay. Step two. I just think, again, um, that for those people who are not that tech familiar, would you explain what an alias is? Okay. So an alias is um, like a shortcut. And um, in this case, you can have, for example, Tony Homework Plus. And you can have 100 different things, different identifiers, W1, M7, whatever it is you want to do. Cheesecake, you can identify whatever it is. Um, that's what the student types in. What happens is it when it gets to Gmail, <clears throat> it all goes into TonyHomework at gmail.com. So the students, students then, it looks like they're sending it to someplace special. It actually ends up in one big Gmail inbox. However, whether you're working in Gmail or like another email client, you can then search or separate or identify all the ones that are plus cheesecake or plus ice cream or plus cookie or plus. M1 plus F3, and then separate those out. So you don't need separate email accounts for each of these classes. You have one account, but when the students send that email in, it is tagged. That's not the correct word. It shouldn't be used because it's not really accurate. But it has that little additional bit of text in the email address that makes it easy to do all kinds of things to search, separate, and perform other actions. And Gmail has very good filtering functions. So what you can do is you can set up a filter, which is just basically a rule right? that says anything that has M1 goes into this box, this folder, for example. It's really nice. And it's really nice if when you're signing up you have to use an email address to sign up for things. And so, for example, if I use my Gmail address, you know, ABC plus, and then the name of the thing I'm signing up for, it's pretty easy to identify when you get spam, where it, where they, you know, got your address from. Yep, yep, so yep. It's another way to use it. So this is just a way of, instead of having to create let's say 10 or 12 email addresses and then have to check different boxes. You're using one email address with a simple plus with whatever you want to use. It goes into your one Gmail account. You set some filters. And if you just Google filters in Google, it'll show you how to do that. And then you can direct everything into separate folders and you can monitor those things very easily. You can even create subfolders. For example, 
I have uh, different folders for each week, and basically my email automatically goes into those things. It's very, very nice. And then you, then you have the problem, Tony, let's say, of uh, pulling out the attachments, right? But you have the students actually put their homework into the email message itself, correct, most of the time? I, I, let, I let them do it either way. So here's a good question. I can't believe you let people do it either way. Your students do it either way. Doesn't that make you crazy? Or um, it would to- make me crazy. It would make you crazy, but I, I got I got the system right. <clears throat> so for me, I take it to another. You know, <laughs> talk about you know keeping it simple. Yeah, well, I'm probably not the best person to ask about this. But what happens to me? <clears throat> what I what I've set up. So I as I just described, I have this um, set up with. Um, uh, with Gmail, but what I've done with that email account, with my homework account, all of that mail automatically, when it comes in, two things happen. One, I've set up like a with Gmail calls a vacation response, and the student gets an acknowledgement. Says like, "Hey, I've got your, I got your submission. I haven't looked at it. Probably not going to see it for days." But just letting you know it's been received, um, and you're going to get one of these messages anytime you submit something, and so that they know that everything is okay, puts their mind at ease. Two, that gets forwarded to my um, Apple ordinary Mac email account, and this is where the and this is like part two where the magic happens. I set up my filters in mail, in Apple's mail application on the Mac. And so Gmail forwards the mail to to my regular Mac account. But there, there's a filter, and it says, hey, if the, any mail gets sent here, and it has plus 2TU2, then you put it here in the Tuesday second period folder. Anything comes in here on Thursday you know, t- with a plus TH3, and that goes into this Thursday third period folder. So in my primary mail application, which is what I use, um, I go to my student incoming, and I've got Monday first period, Monday second period, Monday third period, Monday fourth period, Tuesday first period, Tuesday, and I've got this whole list of folders, and all that mail is already pre-sorted into each of those those sections. I open up that folder, and I start like reviewing that week's homework, and so this is the part that, that makes it trivial for me. So I open up... <clears throat> That student's email, hopefully they have followed the template, their name, I know who it is. The name is there. Okay, they've sent it to the right address. It's the right class, the student, etc. It's there. Um, open it up, and maybe the student has copied and pasted their assignment into the email. Oh, cool. I just read it, blah, 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 and go over to the, you know, to, to the spreadsheet that's already open, scored, um, hit reply. <clears throat> Back to the student, whatever, respond, whatever their grade is. We don't have time to get into it today. We'll get into another day. What we've talked about before, uh, text expander or snippet expansion, or where you create a number of shortcuts so that you don't need to type the same thing over and over again. 
you just have like a choice of different responses saying, you know, good work. This is, this is what we look at. This is, this is where you fell short, blah, blah, blah. So, and they get it, boom, they get a response. They know that they've been, I put the um, score into the spreadsheet, go to the next one. If they've uh, included an attachment. So for example, they did it in Word and they attached a Word assessment, a Word document into the email. And from Apple's mail, I select the attachment and I hit the space bar. And the space bar gives me a preview of the contents of that document. And I look at it and I assign the score. So I don't need to open the document in Word, close the document. No, just that space bar lets me see what the student submitted. So whether it's copy and paste it into the message, whether it's as an attachment, I can view the attachment most of the time. Again, as Charles said at the very beginning, students are very creative <laughs> figuring out yes, ways to are. make this difficult for the teacher. Because inevitably, I'll get like somebody else something like something in an ODT format or something. Some kind of, I know, they're using Word, but for some reason, whatever they're saving it in some format, it's like, it's like I just can't crack it. It's like, I throw everything at it. It's like, it's just like oh, damn. It's a kind of a point of pride. They tell them, as you can send me anything. I can open anything. And then, like, once a year, it's like, yeah, okay, you get the prize. <laughs> you found a way to send me something that I cannot open. Well, I disagree. I disagree Go with ahead. you on this completely. I don't sure? want to ever do that. I specify mm-hmm. very clearly what format the file has to be submitted in. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is what format again, do you choose? What what format do you require? It, well, it it depends. It really depends because sometimes they're sending you a PowerPoint. Sometimes, so for example, when they if you do a PowerPoint, I ask them to send it as what's called a PowerPoint show. PPTs, I believe they can save a PowerPoint as the usual PowerPoint X PPTX format. PowerPoint show just opens up directly into the show. It's also, by the way, it's a good thing to teach your students to do when they're doing presentations because then you don't get the left side with all the different slides and they have to click start show. Makes it easier. But a couple of things here. Sometimes I'm using, uh, I'll ask them to do DocX, Microsoft. I might even do plain text, simple text. But if I'm going to have to be reading a large number of documents. So for example, let's say they have I have uh, 30 students who are submitting two paragraphs, pro and con assignment, and one is in favor of some paragraph in favor, paragraph against. What I do is I ask them to submit it to me as a PDF file, because at least I know on Mac, the way my system works is I'm able to pull off, peel off all those attachments and put them into a folder. And I can explain this, or Tony, we can talk about attachment management or file management in another session. But if they've named their files properly, which after a bunch of training and penalties they do, if I click on open the folder with all the PDF files and then I, you know, select all of those PDF files and open those PDF files at the same time, I get all of those documents in one PDF window. It appears as if it's a PDF document with multiple pages, and that just allows me to go through and grade really quickly. 
And of course, I've but, taught uh, them. But when, when you after you grade, but do you do you respond to each student and tell them how do you give the student their feedback or their grade? Oh, the feedback is the same way that you do. I have a I use text expander with a, its usual. So, if, from the free, from the PDF, you've got to go back to the email and then respond to the student. So you go well, on email, the, P, email preview, well, PDF, Apple's preview, and then back to the email again. The reason, well, I have the two windows open. So I have the PDF open and I have their email open. Hmm. And I can do that. Um, a lot of times, though, what's really happened, um, and the reason I've kind of gotten away from this is that, and again, as we're getting off the beaten, ed, beaten path here, I'm, I'm reading these on my iPad using the Apple Pencil and just writing marks right on those. And then I can, you know, but I've given those back or I've shown those to students. So I have to rework the system now. The problem that I, I the reason I've gotten to the system and maintaining the attachments is that if a student the following semester complains about the grade, it's really easy to find out, find the assignments and things like that. So your system, I think, I like because it lets you hit the space bar and you're still in the email, right? Right, exactly. I don't need to go from app to app and it really streamlines the workflow. Okay, but you don't have any real centralized place for those assignments, do you? You have a folder of the email. The assignments never leave the email. Right. So there's no I don't I don't open and save them. They're all there and they stay there. And they don't get deleted. In your email. So yep. you're using one app to have communication, to submit the work, to mark the work. So what happens? So we want to finish real quickly here. But so you open up, you look, you go to the email, you touch spacebar, right? Okay. So open up the email, and there's the attachment. The attachment. I, I select the attachment. I how hit do you the select email. the attachment? You just click single click. So there's an okay, attachment. So you, there's like a little, little icon of a Word document. So you click on it, then you hit, it's selected, you hit the space bar. A preview version opens up. Again, this, is, this does not work for detailed comments on an essay or something. These are weekly, ordinary assignments. It's like you get three, two, one, or zero. You look at it, blah, 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 blah. Okay, this was a two. They, they missed part X. Okay, fine. Close that at. Hit reply, Command R, key key combination. Command R. Can I just interrupt for a second? Go ahead. Um, Just reminded me, everybody, learn the the keyboard shortcuts now. Yeah, that's another whole that's another whole episode all by itself. Keyboard shortcuts. Just try to learn those. Okay. So Command R, they reply, sends the reply. So there's the reply opens up, and then I hit the the keyboard shortcut. For, hey, three, everything was good. 2.5, everything was good, but you missed something. There's like a whole check. I have a little checklist set there. There, A, B, C, D. It's like, okay, one, two, three, checklist. Bam, bam, boom. Okay, send. Command D. <laughs> uh, command Shift D. Um, and then, it, boom, it's gone. So the students got it. I, I go over to the other side of the screen, enter the score on the on the spreadsheet. Next one. I can do a student in, in a minute or two, which is important because for this particular set of assignments, this is what I do for 
one school where I have about 150 or 160 students, so I get 150 works. Yeah, <laughs> optimistic. I get about 120 or 130 homework submissions each week. Um, and so I can do all of them in five or six hours. Okay. And I just want to explain or give people a clear image of what it means when we talk about a keyboard shortcut. So the reply you send to your students is something like, hello, I have received your assignment and looked at it. You have gotten three points everything is fine, or you have gotten one point because you did not provide enough detail. These are pre-formatted messages, right? Correct. Okay, so you've written out the messages somewhere, and this is kind of like your rubric or your, your grading criteria that you are then going to communicate to students. So all you have to do is hit, what, two keys, three keys? You, you in, code it differently. The so for, for example, I type in WW3. And that's my shirt for weekly work three, and three is their score. And this is the message. This is, I type WW3, and this is what gets typed. I'm going to go fast. Good work, but something was missing. You might have written enough, or your writing might have needed more attention before submitting. Your score for the work you submitted for Ben and Mike is three. Remember to check the class webpage regularly, HTTPS, Hyundai, Tony, WordPress.com. Grading. The way the grading goes is this. You're expected to submit the following for each unit covered. Completed study guide, vocabulary, words you want to remember. Discussion questions with your short answers. Your thoughts on the topic as represented by the textbook, about 100 words. Research, outside information in the form of an article, podcast, newscast, etc. Include the source of your research. New vocabulary, summary, about 100 words. Your opinion analysis, etc., about 100 words. Satisfactory writing ability, quality. If your work includes all of the above, you get the full four points. Boom. That's what they get. And I get all of that into their email by typing WW3. You get all of that in with three characters. There you go. So let me, let's just go through this. Everybody, you know, if you're not doing this, I can't, it's really hard to explain how magical this is. You click on their email. You open up the email. You then do the spacebar magic, right? Right. You then click on the attachment, do the spacebar magic again or whatever. Then you click in the email, type command R for reply, type in three characters depending on what grade you think they deserve, and then you commit you You send basic you send by doing command shift D. And you've now right, and you're done. Next. Next, next yes. Next. <laughs> next. 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 This is a good place to stop, I think. Because I think so, we've overloaded with detail, um, and we we stop with that. But I think there's some other things because just because right now people are flailing, just go like through a couple of lists. Um, When you when you start to set up your own system, um, what you want to because we've talked about what we do, right? And some of the things that we've screwed up, we we've not done. Like so, for example, setting up your template. Um, really think that out. Give it some time. But, okay, it's different for everybody. How many schools do you teach at? How many classes do you teach? How many students in those classes? Are all those classes similar or are they different? Um, do, uh, you have to choose something that's going to make sense for you 
And like I talked about like my buckets, like Monday first, Monday second, Monday third. Maybe you don't need that. Maybe you just need Wednesday. Maybe you get you're you're really lucky and on your Wednesday you've got like four classes and you got like ten kids in each class. Maybe you don't need them all separate out. Maybe you can all have it together. You don't need a filter that's gonna give you a folder with like three emails in it. <laughs> that that doesn't make sense, right? Put them all in one bucket, that's fine. Um when you're and I think this is really important. Um, setting up your system is one thing, but when you're doing that, and this is kind of like working backwards, when you're setting it up, first, set up something that's going to be easy to explain. Mm-hmm. Don't think about how easy it is for you. Think about mm-hmm. think about think about think about how how easy it is to explain to the students. One, explain. Two, then then how easy it is for them to use. <laughs> so one, make it easy to explain. Two, make it easy for them to use. Three, make it easy for you to retrieve. Make sure that whatever you set up, um gives you what you need so like charles does here's what he does because he gives him what he needs i do what i do because it gives me what i need your situation is going to be different right and then of course but we would you know this should be first but mm, mm, mm. um something that's easy to set up and make it as easy as possible as easy as possible as easy as possible i mean get it with the basics covered but um, you know, make it easy. Um, you've got to dedicate some, um, some of your teaching at the very beginning to not teaching the content of the class, but whatever these procedures are. And, um, you know, make it a group project, make it a test. Um, examples, 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 template, 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 examples, examples. Students know how to follow the examples. Um, Think a little bit about your mailbox names or your email account names. Um, Make that easy for the students to remember, but also easy for you to be able to sort out. Um, I think setting up an Auto response to the students saying it's like, yes, I got your email is a is a nice little thing. Um, it helps them because, you know, some of our students are very conscientious and they're warriors, uh, borderline OCD. Um, they it's like I, I, I sent, you know, you get an email say, I sent you my homework like three hours ago, but I haven't gotten a response. It's like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make sure everything was okay. It's like, well, the auto response kind of takes care of that. And there's more of those than you would imagine. Imagine. Um, scale. You know, think about scale. Uh, it's, a, it's a different, very different approach. If you've got, you know, you're teaching 600 students a week or like 100 students a week. It's, very calls for very very different solutions right um we we talked about our different approaches for student submission like uh i'm kind of free and open charles has very very specific things you might want to consider something else like um for example maybe requiring the students to submit things in google forms or you might you know provide them that a google form template for work submission and then it's all just right there it's it's just 
you know, they they can't escape <laughs> the boxes. Everything they do has got to go into those spots. You've like completely leapfrogged that whole thing. Everything is right there. You just open the one Google form and everybody's work is there and all the information is all the columns. You can manipulate that any way you want. That's another really very, very interesting way to do things. You might be privy to uh, Blackboard or Moodle Access at university, maybe using that. In that case, you've just wasted 40 minutes or however long we've been talking because you already know all this stuff. Um, well, that, anybody uh, who online... knows that kind of stuff already tuned Yeah, in. yeah, they, they should be <laughs> helping like, us out. I'm not listening this. about email. <laughs> I know how to write. Yeah, email. right. I know how right. To use email. Edmodo, Edmodo is another interesting all-in-one kind of option and things. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, done. Let, let me add something though. I think that people oh. need to do, and that is, you have to check your school's, the university's privacy rules. There are schools that will tell you you cannot use outside services. You can only use the services the school that the school provides. Which is why I've already checked with uh, my university about my system where it's just, you know, that A01 and there's almost no way for anybody to find out. But, you know, Tony, by the way, my question is, what can you do with a student number? <laughs> it's like it's not like a credit card and you can track people's purchases. But I think. Well, yeah, sure at this point, I'm, your... I'm looking for the emoji with the fingers in the ears going la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's, who's doing that? Me. <laughs> when, okay. when it comes to like that university policies regarding blah blah it's like whatever yeah okay fingers go okay. in the ears la 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 but i think people should be aware of it and yes they should that's just my but, personal right approach and keep your simple again keep it simple there are alternative ways to do things we're just looking at people who are saying look i'm just going to use email for this i don't want to learn anything new but i'm willing to tweak email because i've got a basic grasp of that uh, if you got and yeah, yeah, learning... trying to help people from painting themselves in corners, right? Yeah, you know, it just might be as we said. You know, um, go with your strengths right now. Use what you know. If the school doesn't require you to do things a certain way, and they're giving you the freedom to set things up, then if you're an email kind of person, then you know, go with email submissions. If you've ever used Google Forms, that's a real interesting way to go, and everything goes directly into a spreadsheet if you want. But we'll talk about these more in the future. But the real key, and Tony, you mentioned this, is you've got to really think about how strict you want to be or you know, how careful you want to be with the naming and the file system naming. And I do it just because it saves me an incredible amount of time, especially if I have to search for things and look for things. But the auto-reply that's your email has been received or your attachment your file has been received that's really a helpful thing and it's not that hard to set up but we have more coming in the next few weeks tony well we'll see how it goes i mean yeah we're trying to set up a couple of these extra bonus type things in the interim because um what well it's not i don't know kind of like thought this like this would be a free time but it's not i'm actually i'm like i'm working just as hard as ever and there's not a lot of extra time but and and probably for people too it's like we we kind of assume it's like okay well classes the start of classes has been delayed so everyone's got like free time but no i guess is like a lot of people are struggling to deal with all kinds of stuff and we thought maybe we can maybe head off and talk about some of those things that maybe ease some of that so Right now, we're all a lot of us are like 
being pushed into, probably almost all of us, being pushed into this online instruction. A lot of us are going to be doing work that involves like student email submissions. It's like, well, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can help out. And so we're going to try to put up some more of these things. Um, no set schedule. We don't know. We're busy too. And as we said in the last podcast, it's like our situation here changes from day to day. And um, it's a remote possibility, <laughs> sadly, um, that, yeah, in fact, we were all gearing up for this, you know, start of classes in the spring semester. It's like, well, you know, there is still a distinct possibility that <laughs> there will just be cancel no it all. Semester. Just cancel would, the spring would, semester. Wouldn't be the worst thing, would it, Charles? It wouldn't well, be the worst thing, would it? The 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 thing that I think it was cult of pedagogy, right? The, the woman I forget her name who mentioned that mm, people get Jennifer Gonzalez. something Lo, Lopez, Gonzalez. I think. No, Lopez. Gonzalez. Okay, Go- Lopez it's is somebody else. Name. Right? I don't know. Yes, but mentioned that mm. you know. All these teachers are being asked to set up online classes, and people spend two years in master's degrees learning how to design online programs. Yeah, this is not something classes. you do like in a week. This is not in three weeks. <laughs> this is not something you do in three weeks. And it's just, it's going to, it's the disasters and the, all the, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going down this road. All the anymore. ways it can go wrong. Anyway, okay. there's all kinds of ways but, it's going to, may, may go wrong, but hey, we're trying oh, to do our best. And, and uh, help you out as we can. And if we're not, sorry, but, uh, Hey, we're we're here, we're we're here slugging it out just like you. Um, and if you have yeah, questions, not two experts, we're just we're just two guys bumbling around in the dark, <laughs> trying to help you yeah. out. It's like, hey, we got a candle. Follow, okay. follow if you want. So if you have questions, send them to two teachers talking at gmail dot com. Good and, guess, I like it. <laughs> yeah, Where'd, how do you how do you know that? I think I've that is that it is so what it times. is. Yeah, right. And you can even play with the plus thing if you want to play with that two teachers talking, right? Mm. Plus. Or <laughs> 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 something. <laughs> Would you guys stop talking so much? Or just oh, I got to put the explicit tag on it now. Yeah, just, now you got to we'll put take the that out. We'll take tag. that out. We'll take that out in it'll, yeah, in post. Okay, I got it. All <laughs> right, so Tony, thanks a lot. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. Two teachers talking. Everybody stay safe and stay healthy. You be well, Tony. You too, bud. Bye.